0: Welcome to on Texas football. Good morning. It's time for our Saturday conversation. I'm Bobby Burton, alongside Paul Wadlington. Each and every Saturday, Paul and I get together, and talk a little college football because it's uh, that time of year right now. Each and every Saturday, uh, big games across the country, as well as the Longhorns uh, involved today uh, against TCU at six thirty on ABC uh, in Fort Worth. Uh, Paul, a couple of keys to the game for you for this Texas team as they try to go to 9-1 and and set
1: themselves up uh, for what could be a a final run at the final Big 12 title? I I think Texas on defense needs to clean up a few things uh, on crossers, on on mesh, and, and get that stuff figured out. Are we passing these guys off? Are we sticking with them, running through the rub, through the pick? Are we playing zone on this? Whatever it is, let's get on the same page and commit to it because it's very clear that uh, guys don't know what they're doing on some of these key downs. I also think, uh, yeah, you know, not to be over, overly simplistic, but Jade Barron's our best coverage guy. Let's let him cover. Anthony Hill's our most explosive blitzer. Let's let him blitz. Not to be too simplistic, but sometimes uh, simple works in, in defensive football. On offense, minimize turnovers. And if you want to attack that three across, three, 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 uh defense that TCU likes to run, Gillespie likes to run mixing coverages. Get real big or get real small and spread it out. Like extreme positionings, extreme lineups, extreme schemes. Go five wide and then the next play go 13 personnel and run the ball right up the middle and, and see, make them stop you. Hey, Paul, this score or the the spread in Vegas started off around
0: 10 in this game, which is surprisingly high given we didn't know who which quarterback, etc. Uh, wh- what are your thoughts about that? Uh, is it is that is Texas poised to
1: cover that? Yeah, I mean, they, look, if if everything goes according and Texas fires all on all cylinders, this shouldn't actually be that competitive a game. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. We haven't demonstrated that the last couple of weeks against a real opponent and TCU. Whatever their struggles and their four and five record, they're not terrible. They're not an awful football team. So uh, I think that the probably the value from a Vegas perspective is probably on the 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 frog side and you know that could come in different ways it could be a really nip and tuck game or texas could sort of control the game and tcu gets a late touchdown and covers so you know it it could materialize in a lot of scenarios but a double-digit road i mean a double-digit home dog in vegas that always raises people's eyebrows right that that's that's usually a pretty attractive proposition in general
0: got it uh so All right, let's move on to some other games. I mean, we're all going to have our eyes peeled on the Longhorn game, clearly. Uh, But there are several other what I would call college football playoff impactful games that everybody needs to be aware of today. Uh, Let's start with Michigan going to Penn State. So Penn State's one of the better one loss teams out there. Michigan has zero losses, and some people think they're the best team in the country. They kick off on the big noon kickoff just like Texas did a week ago against K State. That's an 11 a.m central time uh, on Fox.
1: What are your thoughts about that game? At Penn State, which matters, I think matters quite a bit. they have a real home field advantage, great great crowd, 107 thousand people that's 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 no joke. Uh, they play harder at home, they play better at home. they take more risks at home, which is important because James Franklin, as you and I both agree, not (laughs) a little bit risk-averse, to put it nicely, Uh, doesn't always let it go and and fire all of his weapons. So uh, pretty disappointing performance against Ohio State in Columbus. They, They really looked like a team that had been playing it close and conservative all year and didn't know what to do in a big game, particularly on offense. I think the Penn State defense, coached by Manny Diaz, uh, has been doing a really good job. And they've got some dudes. they got some dudes now. So uh, I'm going comf- to confidently predict we will not witness a shootout, Bobby. I don't think this game is going to be played in the 30s and 40s. I think it's going to be a, a Big Ten slog fest. Very curious to see how well J.J. McCarthy can throw the ball because I'm not sure Michigan can run the ball on Penn State consistently. So I think it's going to be a really good game. I think Penn State will keep it close. I'm just not sure Penn State has shown they can do enough on offense to just get enough points up on the board for four quarters. I don't know what do you, what do you what do you see? In that? I,
0: I'm of the same opinion. I mean, they look so bad on offense against Ohio State, which I don't think necessarily has a superior defense to that of Michigan's. Um, and so, I 24-17, 24-13, something like that in favor of Michigan, unless unless to your point, being in Happy Valley really matters that much, you know. And that that can change the that can change the dynamic. Mish, my, here's another one that, that is a big big game in my opinion that is not getting enough talk nationally, at least as it relates to Texas. Miami goes to Florida State. Florida State is the only option to come out of the the ACC to go into the college football playoff. The only one. They lose a game. All of a sudden. That, that's off the table, I think, for them if Texas continues
1: to win, right? Florida State cannot lose. Yes. If they lose a game, they're out. Now, I'm not going to vouch for the intelligence of the Playoff Football Committee given what they've been laying down the last couple of weeks and, and their explanations, which are even worse. But Florida State has zero ability to, to take a loss and still make the playoff unless there's absolute mayhem everywhere else. Uh, that LSU loss, I mean, that LSU win they had in the opener – that's getting degraded each week, right? The Tigers, you know, potent offense. They don't have a defense, and they're to they will probably take another L at some point this season. Uh, Florida State has no no ability to lose a game. Miami has been terrible, Bobby. Uh, some of it's an injury to Tyler Van Dyke. Some of it's they're just very poorly coached. Mario Cristobal on game day—it's brutal. I Mario Cristobal
0: is is versus Mike Norvell seems like it's a—it's not fair. I mean, yeah. M- M- Mario Cristobal—he coaches like a meathead, almost. Um, I, that that fumble at the end of that uh, game the other week was just unforgivable. Look, I still think that it's a rivalry game. Miami is better; they have a better quarterback than they've had in recent past. Uh, Florida State is just getting Johnny Wilson, the other wide receiver, opposite Keon Coleman back. We- we'll see what really matters there. As well, Utah and Washington. Now, typically, you and I wouldn't be thinking about that as impactful, but Washington is—you know—they're—they're still undefeated, number one uh, ranking within the Pac-12. That's a two-thirty game on Fox that follows the Michigan-Penn State game. Utah has a defense, but man, they're going up against a prolific offense, and they have no, no offense. That really pushes
1: anybody around. Well, the interesting thing about that Utah defense, its reputation was built early in big non-con games against Florida, who's going to struggle to go to a bowl game, and Baylor on the road. We know how good Baylor is. So Utah is a little bit of smoke and mirrors, and and I think look, you have to separate your appreciation for what Kyle Whittingham has done with a tough situation, which I respect. However, they're they're a weak seven and two football team amazingly speaking of that college football playoff committee twice they independently in answers explaining why texas is behind oregon in the rankings they cited the texas win at bama as being comparable to oregon going down and beating utah in salt lake city no <laughs> no and i think washington will probably reveal that that all said the longhorn in me wants utah to win absolutely I don't think they can. I don't think they can keep up. I just think Washington's going to keep the pressure up. They're a little banged up, the Huskies. But I think ultimately they still got Michael Penix. They still got Roma Dunze. They still got these different weapons. And I think they're just going to bring it for four quarters and eventually overwhelm Utah. Uh, Ole Miss goes to Georgia.
0: Uh, Ole Miss took care of business against Texas a and I, I tell you what's interesting. Ole Miss does not have a great defense. But, man, they're scoring points against everybody, basically.
1: Except Alabama. Except Alabama.
0: That that's the only one. Is is Georgia
1: going to be there? Alabama, where they just can't do much against the dogs. It it kind of feels that way. I, I was a little heartened if you want a Georgia upset, and we do want a Georgia upset. I was a little heartened by what Missouri did to them. You know that that game was closer probably than the score implies. Missouri really gave a good account of, of themselves between the hedges. I'm, I'm I'm hoping Ole Miss does the same. I think Kirby Smart's a good coach. And I think he understands how to attack this Ole Miss offense. Uh, he is not DJ Durkin, in other words. And, and I think Georgia is going to play pass first and probably invite a little bit of running game from Ole Miss and then clamp down on you know once they hit the 20, right? And, and I think that's going to be the strategy. And then on offense, I think people are criminally underrating how well Beck is playing. And how good those Georgia receivers are. Goodness, those, those guys are getting healthy again. And they are really, really dynamic. They've got three dudes who are dudes. And uh, Kyle Beck, is he can throw the ball, man. He, he is no joke. Uh, so I've been impressed in, in that regard. Obviously, we're pulling for Ole Miss. We're pulling for all the dogs, right? We, we want upsets over Florida State. We want upsets over Georgia. I just don't know if it's going to happen for us.
0: I do want to give one last game that's that's on the schedule for folks uh, that is in out of conference for Texas at this point. Then we're going to go over the Big Twelve games real quick. Uh, but Mississippi State does go to College Station today. I don't know who the underdog is there. Do you? I think it's the Bulldogs. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Not quite sure. Had to make sure that my. Uh, you know, if A and M somehow slips up on this, is it? I mean, is it?
1: Is it Jimbo's swan song? I, you know, I, I did talk about this on my podcast last night with Randy Boone. Uh, and it's more difficult than I think people think, um, everyone, that podcast being that everyone gets a trophy podcast, you guys feel free to go listen. Uh, because here's the deal, Bobby, not only do you have to come up with $80 million, that means you're going to have to come up with multiple guys to pay that, right? Not just one dude's going to flip that bill. And if you are paying the check for firing the guy that failed, are you just going to write him a blank check and say, hire whoever you like? No, you're going to say, I like Jeff Trailer, And you know what the other guy who's chipping in $8 million is going to say? I think we need to go after Josh Heupel. And then the other guy who's chipping in $8 million is saying, hey, we need to go to the NFL. We need to get serious about this. We need to professionalize this. Another guy says, go money whip Dan Landing up in Oregon. He's not going to ever get to the highest level out there. He knows what he could do in the SEC. And if you have all these diffuse opinions about who you got to hire, you can't get anyone to agree on the buyout. So I don't think it's poning up the money per se that's the biggest issue, although an issue. I think it's getting agreement on who the replacement's going to be. And I think that's the problem. Uh, if they lose in Mississippi State, whoo, Lord. But- <laughs> Even if Mississippi State keeps it close and Will Rogers may be coming back at quarterback, which could be interesting. AM, I don't know if Max Johnson can stay in that pocket much longer, taking those kinds of beatings as the, the human pinata. So I think this game could be more interesting than we think. And maybe this is the longhorn in me, but I'm recommending Mississippi State in the points. What are, what is the spread? It was about 19, 19 and a half. I don't know what it's going to close at today, but got it. We'll All see. Right. Maybe based on some quarterback health information. What? Right. Hey, hey uh, Paul.
0: Before we move on to the Big Twelve, each and every Saturday's conversation is brought to you got brought to us uh, by Market Advantage, Gabe Winslow and his uh, firm. Uh,
1: tell folks a little bit about Gabe and what he does for people. Well, this guy is a private independent mortgage broker. He is the underdog against against some of the big boys out there that don't exactly follow customer service or. Try to give you the best rate and the best thing to fit your specific situation. He should be favored in every matchup in which he goes against another mortgage guy. Pick up the phone and call and find out why. 832-557-1095. Explain your financial situation, what you're trying to do. Even if it's distant, even if you're looking at doing something this summer, get on this now, get early, get pre-qualified and come up with a strategy because it's a lot more than just getting quoted on a rate. Uh, You want a guy with a depth of experience and a high level of intelligence running uh, what is the most important purchase in your life for all of us? Buying a home. It's the most significant financial investment you'll ever make. Give Gabe a call. Let him help you out through this process. All right. Thank you, Paul.
0: And thank you, Gabe. All right. Big 12 games. Uh, We'll go through these kind of quickly unless they have some material impact on Texas. Texas Tech goes to Kansas. That's the first game in the Big 12 on Saturday. Uh a.m. on FS1. Uh tech trying to come off a off of beaten TCU last Thursday night.
1: Uh KU uh back in the saddle a little bit right now. What what are your thoughts on this one? I gotta say that very impressive road win for Kansas State in Iowa. That was that I, I mean Iowa State, that was a big game I mean, Kansas. for Kansas. You mean Kansas Kansas? All right, big game for big win for Kansas against Iowa State. I flipped my states. Uh I thought that was very impressive. I just don't I just have a high respect for this and high regard for this Kansas coaching staff. And I love their ability to run the ball and scheme it up. And Texas Tech on defense, Bobby, they do it with mirrors a little bit. They do it with a lot of subterfuge and blitzing and all that stuff. And you know what? That can take down conventional offenses. Kansas ain't a conventional offense. They're gonna jujitsu all that blitzing and all that stunting and they're going to turn it into big plays in the passing and running game uh texas tech being given in my opinion a little too much respect here on the road i think kansas takes care of business and i think the jayhawks remain viable in the big 12 title race
0: gotcha uh next one is 2 p.m this is again on espn plus yes i think that makes five or six weeks in a row now for the baylor bears at kansas state I mean Baylor is just god. I mean, what has happened uh, with that that group? It started off with the injury uh, to Blake Shapen, the loss to Texas State, then embarrassed by Texas in Waco, and it just has not it it hasn't gone anywhere from there. Uh, Your thoughts on K State
1: Baylor? You think Kansas in Manhattan? By the way, in Manhattan, you think Kansas State's pissed off? Let's see if there's a lag. I don't think there's going to be a lag. I think they're going to be focused and pissed off. And I think they still think that there's some hijinks that could happen these next three games to any of the contenders. And I think they, if they keep winning out, hey, what did last year prove them? They were they were out of the race, right, until they weren't. And then they got back in it and they ended up winning the Big 12 title. So I think they that's the argument that they're selling to their team. And one thing we know about Kansas State this year, Bobby, they blow out bad teams. And uh, Baylor's a bad football team, so I'm not too worried about Kansas State at home this week. Interesting. They they may be looking forward to Kansas the following week, uh, though. Be be aware of that.
0: All right. Uh, now back onto regular TV and not on a streaming service. <laughs> Oklahoma State goes to UCF at 2:30 on ESPN. Paul, uh, the the thing that just shocks me that yes, there's Bedlam. Oklahoma State won. The line came out on this game, and it only favored Oklahoma State by two. I mean, UCF has, what, one conference win at this point? One and that was in Cincinnati? Yeah. But, they're only, but Oklahoma State's
1: only favored by two in, in Orlando? Whenever you see something like that, Bobby, you got two options. Vegas is really dumb, and you need to throw all your money on Oklahoma State. Or maybe all those big buildings and all that nice stuff got built because of lines like this. This is a classic trap spot for Oklahoma State. They've won multiple highly emotional games in a row. Four of those five big wins at home in Stillwater in the friendly confines. They just beat OU at Bedlam. They've got scoreboard forever. They're on cloud nine. And they got to travel and beat this sorry UCF team, right? It's in the bag. Well, here's the deal. UCF is explosive running the ball. And Gus Malzahn in classic Malzahnian fashion These are the kinds of games historically that he coaches up and actually pulls off upsets. So that is the threat. That's what's going on with that line here. Doesn't mean Oklahoma state's going to lose. I think they're the superior team. I'm just saying it's very difficult for a team to get up every single week like Oklahoma state has and inflict these big losses and and get, you know, pull themselves up from their bootstraps and and become big 12 title contenders. They also know, frankly, frankly, that if they win this game, they've got effectively two games that are buys for them that they're going to win. So I think this is going to be an interesting, sneaky game. Probably a lot of scoring, a lot of explosives. Uh, if you believe in the Cowboys, hey, jump in and, and support it. But just understand that that line is where it is, not because Vegas is full of idiots. Got
0: it. Uh, another matchup. This one uh, of two lost teams in the Big Twelve. Uh, West Virginia goes to OU. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, you would have put OU as prohibitive favorites. Maybe they still are, according to Vegas. But West Virginia has kind of righted the ship after starting off strong, then going down. Now they they played a good brand of ball last week. Uh, West Virginia and
1: Oklahoma uh, in in uh, Norman at six o'clock on Fox. Oklahoma is one and two since beating Texas. With their only win, a 31 to 29 victory over UCF, the aforementioned one and five in Big 12 play UCF at home. And that was because of a failed two point night conversion, a failed two point conversion that was a stupid call, frankly. Their last four games have 14 total points of separation for the winner. Okay. There's a pretty good outline available for defending OU and for running the ball against OU's defense. Let's see if the MASH unit on west virginia's defense can execute that and then on offense west virginia might be constructed to give ou some problems they've got a running game they've got a mature offensive line that plays well cohesively and green he's capable of explosive plays i mean he's capable of also explosive plays the other way but uh i think this is a a volatile interesting combination i wish it was in morgantown because i'd be putting in all the chips on west virginia it is on the road. It's a double-digit line. I think I like the Mountaineers to make this game real interesting. Cincinnati, winless in the Big 12. They go to oh, Houston
0: Lord. on FS1. We don't even need to spend time on that. Uh, you know, Dana Holderson is just trying to keep a job. I, I can't imagine they do, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Texas TCU goes at 630 on ABC. And then a late-night game. Iowa State goes to BYU. Start time, 9.15, <laughs> 9.15 for Iowa State. Now, maybe maybe BYU will get some luck if, you know, Iowa State's asleep. I, I don't know. I mean, that's a late, late game. Uh, but BYU is a different team at home. We know that because of the, the uh, altitude, et cetera. But really, I mean,
1: BYU has looked
0: hapless the last couple of weeks.
1: I like Iowa State. Uh, BYU has no ability to rush the passer. Iowa State has no ability to rush the passer either, by the way. But that doesn't matter when you play BYU because their offense is so moribund. I think Iowa State's going to go on the road, throw the ball around a little bit, try to get a lead, and then turn it over to Heacock and say, take us home, baby. And I think it's going to work. Now, the line on this game is a little surprising. That's because Iowa State players bet it down. They're they're betting on themselves. (laughs) This week, which I think is important, they're not betting against the against themselves as they did uh, against Texas a couple of years ago. But uh, yeah, I, I like Iowa State here. Uh, I, I mean, I I know BYU has a history of improbable upsets in Provo. I just think that that team is running on fumes, and if you've watched any of these BYU it's games, not running, it, it's, it's stalled out on the side of the road. Good point. And. <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to call a tow truck driver. Let's see if these Midwestern boys can handle altitude and late nights. But I think they can, and I think they're going to get the win. That'll be an interesting game to to cap off the the evening. That's going to do it for our Saturday conversation. Paul, I wanted to mention one more time, if you don't mind, saying thank you to our key sponsor, uh, Gabe Winslow. Absolutely. Big thanks to Gabe. Thanks for your support. Thanks for being such a big supporter of all things Longhorn and this content. In addition, he's real good at his job. Don't call him because he supports the horns, or if that's if that's what prompts you, God bless you. But uh, the reason you're going to call this guy is because he's really damn good at what he does. 832-557-1095. Gabe, we appreciate you, buddy.
0: All right, Paul, uh, Longhorns take on TCU here at 6.30 on ABC. Uh, going to be a good day of football starting, uh, I think, first thing I'm watching, uh, Michigan. Uh, Michigan versus Penn State in Happy Valley. I'm going to be checking out a little Texas Tech Uh, KU as well uh, on FS1. All right. For Paul Wadlington, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of On Texas Football.